find our text tonight, the book of Genesis, chapter number 20, excuse me, chapter number 46, Genesis chapter number 46, um, that's where we'll find our text tonight, um, we're going to be moving around a bit, um, we're going to kind of read it as we go, we got so much to read, uh, and I know it wouldn't be a bad thing to read it right now either, but um, if I read it right now and then I tell you my points, I'm going to have to read it again to get the point out. And so I'd rather not do that. Not, I mean, I can read the Bible all night long. I enjoy reading the Word of God. That's not what I'm saying, but I am. I would like to um, um, do it this way tonight. And as we've seen throughout this whole series this far on the life of Joseph, We've seen that there have been so many ups and downs. There have been ups and there have been downs. There's been ins. There's been outs and there's been so on and so on. You know, everything's been, it's, let, me see, let me say this, it's not a balanced family. This family's not a balanced family. Um, to say the least, Joseph's family's a very dysfunctional family. They're a very, very dysfunctional family and I mean, you got serious sins, you got hatred, you got favoritism, you got um, people wanting to be what others are, you got gross polygamy. I mean, really, you got so much, you got wickedness around every single corner that there is. There's pure whip wickedness that goes on. And, um, but these, uh, these next few chapters, I do believe, uh, teach us that there's hope for the home. There's hope for the home, amen? There's hope for the home, and there's a future for the family. And uh, I, I'm thankful that there is, amen? Uh, these verses uh, this evening remind us that there is hope in the Lord for any family, any family. It doesn't matter where your past is, where your background is, how bad your mama is, how bad your daddy is, how bad any of that stuff is. There's hope. Thank God that there is. I want to look at this passage tonight. And see some things that put us where we are in this series. And I, I want to um, preach on this thought together tonight. Finally, together again. Finally, together again. We'll read as we go. And uh, we'll bless the Lord for what He has uh, allowed us to already open the Word of God tonight. We'll be in the latter part of the chapter. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your love. I pray, God, that you'd just uh, help us tonight, Lord, to preach your word. It'd be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort of all long-suffering and doctrine. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you, God, for your goodness. Grace, your mercy, and your love. We thank you, God, for being faithful to us when we haven't been faithful to you oftentimes. Thank you, God, for the future and the family, Lord. We thank you, God, for the hope and the home. We ask God to help tonight. We'll praise your holy name for all that you do. In Jesus' precious and holy name, we do pray this prayer. Amen and amen. We, I said we'd be the latter part of the chapter. I think we're gonna. I, I think we're gonna get on a little, a little closer to the beginning. Last week, we read in, uh, into chapter forty-six, and I wish I could remember exactly where I read to, but I think it was chapter it was verse number five or verse number seven, rather. And uh, I think, yeah, I think it was verse number seven where we read to. And so let's just pick up in verse number 8. I didn't really want to go through all these, you know, the begats, the begats, the begats. You fall asleep in the begats. But I think it'd do as well to do that tonight and uh, preach on 
um, the thought of finally together again. Verse number 8, the Bible says, These are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt, Jacob and his sons, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn. It's good to know these, okay? It really is. You can track these down. That tells us that Reuben's his firstborn. The sons of Reuben, Hanak, and Philu, and Hezron, and Carmine. Now, pardon my country language. I can't pronounce half these names. The sons of Simeon, Jemuel, Jemuel, I can't say that good, and Jamin, and Ohad, and, and Jachin, and Zohar, and Saul, and the son of a Canaanitish woman. I think we'll go back there in a little while. The sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Mariah. And the son of Judah, Ur, Onan, and Shelah. And Phares and Zerah. Got to remember those. But Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan. The sons of Phares were Hezron and Hemu. And the sons of Issachar, Tola and uh, Fuva. I think that's the pronunciation of that. And Job and Shimron. And the son of Zebulun, Shered, and Elon, and Jaleel. These be the sons of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob in, in Padanaram. With her daughters, Dinah, with, her, with his daughter, excuse me, Dinah. All the souls of his sons and his daughters were thirty and three. I don't know much about numerical studies. I've not done much of them. There's got to be something in these numerical studies. Especially in just a minute, you'll find out. There's 33 of those that stopped. We'll get here to verse 26 I know of, and there's 66. And so, these are the children of Israel. These are the beginning to Christ. All of this stuff, and and I'm not going to go through all that, but I'm just thinking. And the son of Gad, Ziphion... And Haggai, Shuna, Esbon, Era, and Orodi, and Ereli. And the sons of Asher, Jemna, and Ishua, and Ishua, and Beria, and Sarah, the, their sister, and the sons of Beria, Heber, and Malchiel. These are the sons of Zilpha, whose Laban, whom Laban gave to Leah, his daughter, and these she bare unto Jacob, even sixteen souls. The sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, Joseph, and Benjamin. And unto Joseph, in the land of Egypt, were born Manasseh and Ephraim, which Ashenath, the daughter of Potipharah, Priest of own, bear unto him. We preached on him, her, excuse me, we preached on her. The sons of Benjamin were Bella and Betcher and Ashbel, Gera, Naaman, Ehi, Rosh, Muppin, and Huppin, and Ard. Oh, how would you like your names to be those names? 
I wouldn't like those names. I tell you that. I think I'd change my name. These are the sons of Rachel, which were born to Jacob. All the souls were 14. The sons of Dan, Hushim, sons of Naphtali, Jaziel, and Guni, and Jazer, and Shilam. These are the sons of Bila, which Laban gave unto Rachel his daughter. And she bare these unto Jacob. All the souls were seven. See these new numbers? All the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, which came out of his loins beside Jacob's sons' wives, all the souls were threescore and six. That's sixty-six. The sons of Joseph, which were born him in Egypt, were two souls. All the souls of the house of Jacob were came into Egypt. Three score and ten at seventy. And so, if you if you do some study on numbers, if you do some study, I tried to do some study a little deeper, but I, I, I'm not. I'm just not that man. I'm not that smart. But if you look in Acts in chapter number seven and verse number fourteen, you'll find that Stephen accounts back on this, and Paul is writing, and he says that there were seventy five. Says there's seventy. And so I don't know where that is. I know the Bible doesn't contradict itself, but you find that and do some study on that, and you'll find what, what, what goes on there. But I want you to notice, number one tonight, Joseph and his family secured. So these verses talk about the people who came down into Egypt, and Jacob met and, and Je- with, with, jo- with Jacob to meet Joseph. They came down to meet Joseph at this point, and I believe these verses can teach us some things about our own family. There's a lot of families represented here all in one family, okay? And so there's the, the kid, all, all 12 of them, and, and the 13, counting Dinah, their daughter, uh, and there's 13 of them represented here, 13 families uh, wrapped up in one family, and that's what's been mentioned here. So I want you to notice the total of those who came. Uh, the total of those who came, and he said, All the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, which came out of his loins, beside Jacob's sons' wives, all the son, souls were three score and six. Three score and six. When Jacob was forced to leave uh, his home many years prior to this, his, his future did not look so bright, okay? His future didn't look bright. He was leaving home. He was having to get out of the house. Mom and daddy were no longer going to be around anymore. And he had uh, been forced to leave his home in shame. Remember that? After he deceived his own father and after all of that has taken place and he got the birthright and all that took place and he headed for his uncle's house, uh, Uncle Laban, remember? So he headed down to Laban's house and he headed there to find a wife, uh, which he did do. He did find a wife. Uh, and, you know, he, he headed there for that cause, but he would spend the next 20 years there being deceived by his Uncle Laban uh, and to, to get a wife. He worked 10 years for, for Leah, and then he did not get Leah. He got Rachel. He worked 10 more years to get what he wanted, uh, and he got what he wanted. And, and so, or seven more years, excuse me. And so, so if we look at this, and Jacob's family began to grow when he got his wives, right? You know, it does take a husband and a wife to grow a family. Somebody say amen right there. 
I mean, it does take a man and a woman to grow a family. It absolutely does. I don't care if you are in 2022, but he would uh, spend the next 20 years there being deceived by his uncle Laban, uh, and there he was. So Jacob's family began to grow, and his wealth began to increase, uh, and all that took place in that land uh, with his uncle Laban. And still, though, there was much trouble in his home. There was much trouble in his family. In that time, and his children were out of control at this point in time, uh, and um, there was a lot going on. If you'll look back and do the study of times, you'll find there was a lot going on, and, and there were there were there was much discord between his wives too. There was much discord, and you'll normally have that when you have more than one wife. Somebody say amen there. And so, so, so there was much discord in there, and, and there always seemed to be trouble in the house of Jacob. There always seemed uh, to be some type of trouble going on, but as uh, we have found, God had a plan in that. Now, God did not, now listen to me very closely here. God did not foreordain that. God did not, if God did or foreordain the things that, God's, that God has said to foreordain, then God foreordained wickedness. Therefore, God is not a holy God. Do you agree with me on that? And so if God, do you think God foreordained the LGBTQ? If he did, he would have went against his own word. So God did not foreordain the things in Jacob, but, but, but God did have a plan in this. He had a plan. That, that's one thing about God. One wonderful thing about God, God's will does not always get done, but God's plan will eventually get done. There might be many roadblocks that we set up in front of God on the way, but His will, His plan will get done. Somebody say amen right there. His plan will get done, and so what happened uh, is that Jacob was going down to Bethel, and here he is in Genesis chapter number 32, uh, and uh, he met with God there. And that changed his life forever. That changed his life, that changed his family's life, that changed his future's life, and so on and so on. And God took a man by the name of Jacob uh, and brought him through, brought through him the nation of Israel, in which we just read right here. Brought through him the nation of Israel. And it's a wonderful picture of God's amazing grace, isn't it? A wonderful picture of God's amazing grace. One man led 70 people into Egypt. That's what it says. It says uh, were three score and ten. One man led 70 into Egypt. And later on, one man uh, leads two million uh, into Canaan land uh, by the name of Moses. One man. uh, And then one man who had an encounter with God uh, led to one Savior many years on down the road uh, who would then give his whole life for the world. For the whole world. One man... One man who had an encounter with God changed all of humanity. You saying God wouldn't come unless Jacob would have went down to Egypt? No, I'm not saying that at all. God has a plan and Jacob's going to Egypt. There ain't no way we can change that. But I tell you, is that one way. Jacob went to Egypt and he took 70 people with him. And through that came 2 million plus that led out through the Red Sea, through the Blood Sea, out through the Red Sea, out into the wilderness, spent 40 years in the wilderness, and then went into Canaan's land. And 
from that land, from that land, led on to Boaz and led on to Jesus Christ, on into Canaan's land and led us to Calvary, to the place who died for all of us, for all of mankind, who died and gave his whole life for them. I'd say that's a pretty amazing work of God, wouldn't you? What is going... So you ask, what is God going to do with my family? What's God going to do with your family? You keep praying for them and you keep walking right in front of them. Keep living the right life and keep trusting the Lord to do the right thing. God can do something with your family. Somebody say amen right there. So we've seen the total of those who came. I want you to notice the tenderness of those, to those who came. So the tenderness to those who who came. Chapter 46 again. Verse number 10. The Bible says. And the sons of Simeon. Jemiel. Jamin. And Ohad. Jachin. And Zara, And Saul. The son of the Canaanitish woman. Sons of Levi. Gershon. Kohath. And Maria. And so, so we see there, as I was studying this, I came across a quote at the end of verse uh, number 10 there that says that there was a, verse number 10 there that says that there was a son of the Canaanitish woman. Now, I, started, I started studying that. I had to figure out what was going on. I believe it shows us the grace of God. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're given the names of Simeon's sons there, right? We're given those names of Simeon's sons and, and it goes on and the last phrase tells us that one of the sons, Sheol, was born of a Canaanitish woman. Now, uh, ish means something in our language that it doesn't mean in this language, okay? Uh, it means she was a Canaanite, okay? Uh, and as simple as that, if it was ish on this, she might be a Canaanite, I do not know. But that's just how I talk. But anyways, uh, as I have mentioned before, the Canaanites were an accursed people. They were an accursed people and they Marriage to them was absolutely forbidden. It was forbidden, but take a look at verse 12. The Bible says, And the sons of Judah, Ur, Onan, and Shelah, and Pharez, and Zerah, but Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan, and the sons of Pharez were Hezron and Amiel. So I want you to notice something. Those first three, Ur, turn with me. Genesis chapter number 38. Turn with me real quick. Genesis chapter number 38. The Bible says, Verse 2, And Judah saw there a daughter of a certain, say it with me, Canaanite, whose name was Shua. And he took her and went in unto her. Meaning he conceived a baby, he gave the seed. What was she? A Canaanite. She was a Canaanite woman. So let's put it in this language. She was a Canaanitish woman is what she was. But why does it not say that in verse number 12? Why does it just say it uh, in the life of Simeon and not in Judah? Well, this is my thoughts about it. Uh, It leaves us the offspring of Judah. We understand that and all that. But there is no mention of the sin in Judah's life. Why? Why? Well, I'll tell you why. I believe this shows the grace of God is what it does because... It shows this tenderness, right? It shows this tenderness. Uh, Judah had stood before Joseph in Genesis chapter number 44. Y'all remember that? Judah stood before Joseph and made a full confession of everything that he had done. Is that right? 
And as a result, he was pardoned and forgiven by God. Genesis chapter number 44. You can read it in there if you want to. He was forgiven by God. And so Simeon had continued though. Simeon had continued to live in his sin. And had never repented of his sin. And had never done any of those things. And so therefore his sin is remembered. His sin is remembered. God had put away the sin of Judah and remembered it no more, thank God. I believe that's what happened. I bless the Lord for that. It teaches us that when confession is made, sin is forgiven. The Bible tells us very clearly in 1 John in chapter number 1 and verse number 7. Let me turn over there real quick and quote this verse where the Bible says very clearly, I was right there on it and I turned about 15 pages over. 1 John chapter 1 verse number 7, the Bible says, but if we walk in the light as He is light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Uh, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. Uh, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins uh, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, that's what the Bible says. Uh, and I believe Judas stood before Joseph. Uh, and I believe the Lord uh, looked up down upon him as he confessed his sins uh, and he forgave him of his sins. Uh, and he don't don't remember those sins anymore. When he confessed, it was forgotten about. I believe that's the tenderness of the Lord upon old Judah. He wasn't, it didn't, it didn't mention that sin, but it mentioned the sin of Simeon. Just tells me something. So we notice the tenderness. We notice the total. Notice the title of those who came. Verse 26, what the Bible tells us right there. All the souls that came with Jacob in Egypt, which came out of his loins beside Jacob, Besides Jacob's sons' wives, all the souls were threescore and six. As I read these verses, I'm reminded that the Lord knew every detail and every connection within the family of Jacob. Believe that? He knew who belonged to who, and he knew who was, who was there. He knew those people that were there. And I believe God knew it all. He knows everything about your family, too. God knows your heart for your family. God knows your burden for your family. God knows your care for, the, for your family. He knows that. God does know that. And I tell you the truth this evening is that if you'll cast your cares upon Him, He knows to cast it upon Him. The Bible says cast your cares upon Him and He cares for you. And He already knows. And the title may have been, uh, might have seemed dirty in the past. But God changed it. God absolutely changed their title. Don't you think so? Now they're the sons of Israel, not just the sons of Jacob. They're the sons of Israel. So I wanted you to notice that Jacob and his family were secured. There they were. They had traveled down and they had reached their land. Okay. Secondly, I want you to notice Joseph and his family settled. And so verse 28, the Bible says, And he sent Judah before him and Joseph to direct his face into Goshen. They came in the land of Goshen and Jacob, Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, to Goshen and presented himself unto him. And he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. And Israel said unto Joseph, now this is the reunion, okay? Now Israel, and Israel said unto Joseph, now let me die since I have seen thy face because thou art yet alive. And Joseph said unto his brethren, unto his father's house, I will go up and show Pharaoh and say unto him, My brethren, 
and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. And the men are shepherds, and their trade hath been to feed cattle. And they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. And it shall come to pass when Pharaoh shall call, up, call you, and shall say, What is your occupation? You shall say, Thy servant's trade hath been about cattle. From our youth even unto now, both we and also our fathers, ye may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. Then Joseph came and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brethren and their flocks and their herds and all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan. Behold, there are in the land of Goshen. I'm going to, read, I'm going to stop right there for a second. So I want you to notice... Joseph and his family settled. So here they are. They're in the land. We trust that, right? Trust the word of God. They're in the land at this point in time. We trust that there's a a lot of shepherds which are in this land right now. But shepherds are hated by the Egyptians. They're an abomination, the Bible says. So the father is the head of the home, and we agree on that, right? The father typically represents the family as a whole even today. Even if you say, I want to go down to that man's home, it doesn't, you never say, I want to go to that woman's home, most of the time. And I'm not, I'm not some kind of um, person who hates women. That's not me. That's not me. But, so sure, this passage deals with a family. It does. But at it, as, as it does, it deals with the, the solidity. It deals with the, the settlement, the, 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 it shows the character of, of Joseph here. It shows the character of Joseph. How, it shows how we treat others. It shows all of that kind of stuff. And, and it shows your character of how we treat others too. You agree with that? No matter our position. And it solidify you. And your family. Or it could soften you and your family. In the eyes of other people. In the view of others. So what did Joseph, the prime minister, do when he seen someone he hadn't seen in a long time? I understand it was his father. I understand it was all of those things. But I, but I understand. I understand the meaning of this. But he, was, he, he didn't have to react to a shepherd the way he did. He didn't have to act to a shepherd the way he did. But I tell you the truth here is that we see... As they're beginning to be settled, I, I struggled with this point right here. I could have named it Joseph and his family solidified. I could have named it Joseph and his family settled. So I just went with settled. But, but, but I tell you is that Joseph gave Jacob his attention. Joseph gave Jacob his attention. Now, in verse number 28, the Bible says, And he sent Judah before him unto Joseph to erect his face into Goshen, and they came into the land of Goshen. And Jake, Joseph made his, ready his chariot and went to meet Israel's father, Goshen, and presented himself unto him, and he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. And Israel said unto Joseph, Now let me die, since I've seen thy face, because thou art yet, yet, they are yet alive. And so when Joseph was younger, he was the, he was the, he was the best child. He was the apple of his father's eye, right? He was a, Jacob favored Joseph, and we know that. We know that he favored him above all of his sons, and he had picked him to be the head of the family after the death of Jacob and all that stuff. And uh, he showed choice by giving Joseph a coat of many colors, and we know that in Genesis chapter 37. In verse number 3, he gave him a coat of many colors, and we know all that. And the coat identified Joseph as the head of the family. 
That's what it did. And so it told his brothers that Joseph was the ruler. And that's, that's practically what it told them. And of course that coat caused trouble in the family. Caused much trouble in the family, but it was a clear statement of a father's love for his son. And so now the tables are turned, okay? So now the tables are completely turned around and uh, um, Joseph is in the place of power and Joseph is a place of, uh, um, of pristine and, uh, and position. Uh, uh, and now he's in a place of having to provide for his father. And so Joseph goes out to meet Jacob and to ensure all of Jacob's needs are met at this point. And, I, and I'll be honest, I failed. I failed in this part often. I was, conv- I was convicted studying this. And I believe Joseph sets a good example of all, uh, for all children to follow. And uh, he made an effort, every effort to take care of the people who had cared for him who had cared for him at some point of his life. And, uh, you know, that's a lesson that we would all do well um, to learn. And we must note uh, as well in this part that I just uh, stated here, the Bible says, And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, to Goshen and presented himself unto him. So we must point something out here. So he, 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 he gave Jacob his attention. We understand that. And I'm saying that, father, uh, I'm saying that son to father and that sort of stuff uh, and trying to make an application there. And I believe that's a good application out of this. But, but you know, there was also, it said he presented himself unto him. Right? So he presented himself unto him. J, jo, uh, uh, John G. Butler said it like this. He said, Joseph came to Israel and presented himself in all of his glory. In all of his glory, he presented himself. And in Matthew, in chapter number 25, the Bible tells me something right there. And I want to read it. I want to read it for you just quickly. Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 31, the Bible says, When the Son of Man shall come in all his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And so here he was. He came to his father and presented himself to who? Israel. Matthew chapter number 25 is talking about Israel. And it's talking about Israel in the time that I ain't getting into. But, but it's talking about Israel. And so when the Lord comes back in all of his glory, he'll be presenting himself to Israel. And so that's just a type of Joseph and Jesus. But Joseph gave Jacob his attention. Joseph gave Jacob his affection. The Bible tells us there very clearly that he presented himself unto him and he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. So when Jacob, when Joseph saw Jacob for the first time in over 20 years, uh, he could not contain his emotions. He made no effort to hide his uh, love for his father. He made no effort for any of those things. Uh, Here is the prime minister of Egypt, and he is weeping like a child as he hugs his father. What a scene this is. I think it's an amazing scene in Scripture. You know, we shouldn't be ashamed to display love to those who we love. You know, I grew up telling my parents... I love them on every night. I grew up telling them I love them every single night, and I find it weird when people don't do that. I find it weird. I, I, you know, or the parents don't even say it to the, to the kids when they're hanging up the phone. I've heard it time and time and time and time again. 
when that happens. Mackenzie, could you close that door back there, please? Um, parents, all of those things take place on a consistent basis, and they don't even tell them goodnight. They don't tell them I love you. They don't tell them. They hang up the phone before they even tell them they love you. I've heard it time and time and time again is that, you know, it's, you know, it's needed today. You know, if, pe- if people heard I love you more, maybe that wouldn't have happened right there. I'm not saying that is the reason it happened. But, you know, oftentimes I love you goes a long ways. I love you from mom, or I love you from dad, or I love you from this and that. It goes a long way in today's society, and I, I love yous need to be heard. They do. And they need to be shown, too. You know, I believe that that is what Joseph is doing here. And as Joseph also types Christ here as well, he says, And Joseph made ready his chariot. So, Isaiah chapter number 66, I'm not going to turn there, verse 15, the Bible says, that Jesus comes to Israel, he comes with all of his chariots. um, Isaiah chapter 66, verse 19. So Joseph came to Israel with his chariot, right? So Jesus is coming back to Israel with his chariot. So Joseph gave Jacob his affection, his attention. Joseph gave Jacob his approval. Now verse number, we can read it. We already read it in verse 31 through verse 1. So let's read in verse 2. And he took some of his brethren, even five men, Presented them unto Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said unto his brethren, What is your occupation? They said unto Pharaoh, Thy servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. They said moreover unto Pharaoh, For to sojourn in the land are we come. For thy servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is sore in the land of Canaan. Now therefore we pray thee, let thy servants dwell in the land of Goshen. And Pharaoh spake unto Joseph, saying, Thy father and thy brethren are come unto thee. And uh, the land, um, let's see, and Pharaoh speaking, yeah, the land of Egypt is before thee, and the best of the land make thy father and thy brethren to dwell. In the land of Goshen let them dwell. And if, they, if thou knowest any men of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. And Joseph brought in Jacob his father and set before him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How old art thou? And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years, few and evil, and um, have the days of the years of my life been, and have not attained unto the days of thy years of thy life of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh. So I want you to notice Jacob gave his approval here. So Joseph gave Jacob his approval, excuse me. And and so Joseph is fixing to present his whole family and his father in front of Pharaoh, right? And so here he is at this point. Joseph knows that the Egyptians despise shepherds. He knows that. And they consider them unclean. They consider them worthless people. And uh, it seems a lot like those who, 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 who view those who have different color skin today, very racist and that sort of stuff, uh, you know, or how people are treated differently if they don't live like you live and that sort of stuff. You know what I'm talking about. But Joseph knows how the Egyptians feel. He knows how the Egyptians feel here, um, but he's not ashamed of his father. He's not ashamed of his father at all. And so he brings him in and he presents him to Pharaoh. Now think about this. Think about this. Uh, there's Pharaoh with all the signs of royalty. Uh, he has the crown. He has the rich robes. He has the servants. He has the wealth everywhere. He has all those stuff. And there's Jacob. He is addressed uh, in the humble robes of a shepherd. Now think about it. He has little of the world's wealth. 
and he has none of its power. But Genesis chapter number 47 and verse number 7, the Bible says, And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Now, you know Jacob has nothing that Pharaoh needs. I know Pharaoh's a wicked king. I understand all that. Not getting into it. There's something in that. But Jacob may have been weak in the eyes of the world, but he was powerful in the eyes of the Lord. And so Pharaoh was merely an earthly king while Jacob was a child of God. And perhaps, maybe, 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 you know, Pharaoh was just an earthly prince, right? But, you know, Jacob was given the name Israel, and that means prince of God. So maybe that's how Jacob could be looked upon as one who could bless a man who already owns it all. I don't know. I don't know. But I tell you, if the family you have is the family God gave you, okay? I know it seems like I'm a little off on this, but I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to stick with it here. The family you have is the family God gave you. Be thankful for them, okay? The point is, is that here Jacob, here, here Joseph is presenting his mere shepherd father to the king of them all. Think about it. And so, I know people, I know people have had rough lives in here, but you know, God can change that. And God blessed, I mean, I mean Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And if your family saved, you're especially blessed in your Jacob gave Je- Joseph gave Jacob his approval. I want you to notice in verse 11 and 12. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramesses, as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph nourished his father and his brethren and all his house, father's household with bread according to their families. So I want you to notice that Joseph gave Jacob his appreciation. And so so when Joseph was small, his father provided for his needs. But now Jacob is in the position where his needs to be need to need to be met. And so he acknowledges his father and he appreciates his, and his, he acknowledges his responsibility to take care of his father and Joseph settled his family in Goshen. And it was one of the most Fertile lands in Egypt. And, and so it was perfectly suited to the needs of shepherds. You study Goshen, you'll get some good stuff out of it. Get this, though. This is one of the best things you can think about. It was also very much situated. It was situated so well that Israel could make a very fast exodus. 400 years later. It was situated very close to the side of the Red Sea. Isn't that amazing? Now they're going to have to make a swift exodus later on. 400 years. They're going to make a swift exodus. And they're going to have to get out of there fast because why? Pharaoh's army's chasing them. Wouldn't it just be the will of God to put them on the far side? Get them a head start? I think it would be. It's the providence of God, friends. It's the providence of God. 
And so Joseph saw to it that his family and his father had everything they needed to survive and thrive. He was a blessing to them. So Joseph respected his father and respected the rest of the family. And I say it was a great sight of appreciation it was as he settled them in a place needed. So Joseph and his family secured and settled. Lastly, we read verse 11 and 12 right there. I want you to look at verse 27 and verse 28 of chapter number 47. Now, the reason I've skipped all the verses prior um, is because there's not much pertaining to the thoughts tonight, but there's a lot in them. It says nothing about the family of Israel, by the way. But it does a lot. There's a lot in there. and so, um, it, But it doesn't pertain to what we're going to tonight. So I want you to notice in verse 27, verse 28. And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein, and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the whole age of Jacob was 147 years. So he was 147 years old, and I want you to notice Jacob and his family supplied. So I hope to go back to those other verses because there really is a lot in there. But I see here that in all of these years that Jacob and the family had lived in the land of Goshen there in Egypt, the family was fully supplied for fully supplied for. Now you think about this. I want you to notice Jacob and the family's farm, for alliteration purposes, farm were supplied. Now they did have a farm, what we would know as a farm today, because they did have a lot of cattle, they had horses and everything. You can read it right on the next verses. Verse number 11, the Bible says, And Joseph placed his father and his brethren and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramesses, as Pharaoh had commanded. Now that is Goshen, by the way. Um, and, and so Jacob, Joseph gave them a place that they could stay. A place of protection in that land. It was a place, now listen, Goshen was the farthest away from, the, from Egypt. The part of Egypt, the middle part of Egypt, okay? It was one of the farthest places away. You can listen to it. But they, were up, they were in Egypt, but they weren't of Egypt. That's a good thing. That's a good thought. You listen to Brother Tim Floor preach that message. They were in Egypt, but they were not of Egypt. They were far away from the lives of Egypt. They were far away from the dangers and the worldliness of Egypt. They were in Egypt. They weren't of Egypt, though. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. But I, but I, but I tell you is that they were in that land. They had protection of that land. The Bible tells us it was the best of the land. The best of the land. It was a place where their soul journey could be comfortable. They were just soldiers. They were just pilgrims. They weren't going to be there about 400 years. You say, well, that's a long time. It is a long time to us, but people live long then. But anyways, Jacob and their family's farm were supplied. Now, now, secondly, I want you to notice Jacob and the family's food were supplied. Verse 12, and jo- Joseph nourished his father. He nourished his father and his brethren and all his father's household with bread according to their families. He nourished them. So Joseph didn't just supply a short amount. He supplied all that was needed for the whole family. How many were there? Seventy. You know, and you read in verse 13. Let's read, let's read the first verse, first part of the verse. What does the Bible say? And there was no bread in all the land. 
verse prior to that says that Joseph nourished his father. And there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very sore, so that the land of Egypt and all the land of Canaan fainted by reason of the famine. Now, Egypt, too. It's not just, it's not just Canaan now. So there's a famine. We could read on, and you'll find that Joseph buys some people. <laughs> he buys them to save their life, by the way. Does that sound like Jesus? He says, 1 Corinthians tells us that we are bought with a price. Isn't that right? Bought with a price. So he bought some people to save their life. Anyways, so Jacob and the family's food were supplied here. So there was a famine, but I believe that they were favored. I believe that the Bible doesn't contradict itself. We know that. But I believe that since it says, and Joseph nourished his father, and his brethren and all his father's household, I believe they nourished through it. Straight through it. I believe they were. I believe they had full supply. Jacob and his family's food were supplied. Jacob and his family's funds were supplied. Now verse 27, the Bible says, look at it. And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen. They had possessions therein. It says they had possessions therein. Now, now, they were put in a place where possessions could be gained. I bet you they had all the nice tractors. And all, and y'all with me, right? and I know that. I bet you they had everything that they needed to sustain them along the way. They did. And, and you know, poverty didn't seem to be a problem to them, but plenty seemed to be provision. Plenty seemed to be their problem because they were leading by the man by the name of Joseph. Now, you remember where Joseph came from not long ago? He was in a pit. He was in a prison. He was in Potiphar's house. He was on up through. But now, this man's in a place of position. He's in Pharaoh's house now. He's the prime minister over the place. And here he is providing for his family all along the way. Don't you think God, isn't God good? They, they, they come from a place of Canaan, which is poverty. That's all they knew. That's all they knew for the last years was poverty. They had to go to Egypt. But now they got provision. Now they got plenty. Now they're supplied for. That's God, friend. All because of the land that they were placed in. There's a land coming that's fairer than day, friend. And you might not have all you need now. You, excuse me. You might not have all you want now. But up there, they're going to be plenty. Amen. They will be plenty. Jacob and the family's funds were sufficient. And notice lastly, Jacob and the family's fruit were supplied. Okay, now the, now the Bible says in verse number 27, they had possessions therein and grew. And they multiplied exceedingly. Now, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 37, verse number 25. The Bible says that I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Because of one man who led them to a place like Goshen. Because of one man who gave them the provision of a place called Goshen. Because of one man who was merciful, gracious, and godly and led them into that land 
Because of him, their multiplication was very, very exceedingly. Because of them, the seed was supplied. Because of them, the food for the seed and the fruit and everything that they needed were supplied. Not just him, not just the father. But the Bible says the seed, it grew and exceeding. And also it says, and Joseph nourished his father. That verse could have stopped there and been sufficient. It's not what it says though. It says, and his brethren and all of his father's household with bread according to their families. So I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. Joseph loved his father. He loved his family. Even after all that they had done to him. He made sure that they were secured. He made sure they were settled. He made sure that they were supplied for. Isn't that like the Lord? Even after all that we have done to him. After everything that I've done to him. And everything you've done to him. He still made sure that we were secured in his hands. The Bible says, tells us very clearly in John chapter number 10. Once put in his hands, you cannot be taken out of his hands. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 4 that you're sealed into the day of redemption. Amen. Salvation is sealed, friend. It's settled. Amen. He made sure we're secure. He made sure we're settled in His will. And if we didn't, if He didn't, we would live as we please. Right? And that's called conviction. Conviction has settled us. It's settled us. It's put us in a good place. But I'm not settled here. I'm soldiering in. I'm soldiering in this land. Headed for a land where my seed is already settled. It's already there. But then God supplied. You know, my God has surely supplied my needs. Wouldn't you say that? And I bless the Lord for that. You know, I'll be glad for the day when we can see him face to face. We can see him face to face. And just as Jacob was with Joseph, and Joseph was with Jacob. As I preached on. Finally. You know what we're going to say? Finally. Together. But for them. They could say finally. Together again. Together again. They finally got to see the father again. They finally got to see the sons again. They finally got to hug around the neck again. Now can you imagine that? Now one day. We're, we're talking about in the heavenly sense. We're going to be able to. Stand there and literally hug the neck of the one who died for us. But right now, you can sure trust in him to secure you. You can trust in him to settle you. Settle your heart when you're overwhelmed. Settle your mind when you're overwhelmed. Settle your body when you're overwhelmed. God does that stuff, you know that? He works in your lives. Gives you peace, passes all understanding. But thank God I, I, I can absolutely trust in Him to supply my needs. According to His riches and glory, He'll supply them. And I trust Him with it. You can stand in that. We're done.